You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Hey, hey, everybody, it's Randy Simone, and thank you once again for tuning in to Being Free with Simone podcast. First up, first guest of the year, a new voice. I promised you all new voices this year, and I am keeping my promise. So I will let my guests go ahead and introduce themselves. Hey, hey, um, I'm Anastasia. Um, I'm one half of The Barker, um, which is a blog about uh, self-expression, um, positive imagery, um, just some, somewhere where me and my blog mate want to just have our own platform and own like little treehouse of quirks where we can kind of just express ourselves. So that's pretty really much it. Love it. I really appreciate you taking time to join me this evening to touch on a topic that is hit pretty close to home. So for the listeners, Anna posted a Facebook post, a maybe a week or, or a couple weeks or so ago, basically hinting, hinting at parental trauma and, you know, parents learning how to treat their kids and talk to their kids and things along that line. So Anna, before we even dive into the conversation, what, what, what sparked that, if you don't mind sharing, what sparked that post? Um, to just put it in short, um, recently my mom just retired mm-hmm. and, um, I've been helping her, you know, set off her business in order so she can kind of just start the second half of her life mm-hmm. and me or her are really close. Me, her and my sister, we have a bond, but my sister and I are not close to my father and with, um, just getting older and really kind of just getting closer to my mom, there's been a lot of pushback, a lot of conversation from his side and his side of his family Mm -hmm. um, about where, I guess you can say where my loyalty lies or just not um, having the type of attention I'm giving to my mom, to my father. Mm -hmm. So I made that post kind of like just going through things with her, just like, you know, if your parents show up for you, you know, you don't have to worry about your children showing up for them, basically. So just kind of getting all the conversation and just all of the, you know, the, the talks and all of that. I was just like, oh, okay. Well, you know what? Since y'all watching, let me go ahead and kind of <laughs> Yeah, right. Let me go ahead and say something. Cause you know, I'm usually kind of quiet. I don't kind of, I don't put a lot of my personal um, life out there for the, for the most part. Mm-hmm. I give enough on social media to kind of be in the conversation, but I kind of just live behind it. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to how I show up for the people that show up for me and I'm constantly getting that type of pushback on it, I'm going to say something. Yeah. So that's what made me make a post like that. I completely understand that. Like you said, if you show up for your kids, they're going to show up for you. Um, I've pretty, I've been pretty vocal about having a strained relationship with, my biological father um, on the blog and on Facebook posts and things of that nature. 
And the unfortunate thing is, you know, he his health is his health is failing pretty badly right now. And he doesn't have a close relationship with any of his three daughters. And my whole thing is like, dude, you might die alone. Like that's that's the reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You weren't a present, you weren't a present father. Like if it was my mom who was sitting laid up in the hospital, you know different bodily functions failing i'm gonna be right there right so i completely understand it so i found an article that described different types of trauma or as they worded it adverse childhood experiences and those can include but aren't limited to seeing your parents fight Witnessing your parents go through a divorce, um, dealing with a parent who has a mental illness or maybe substance abuse problem, also dealing with and suffering from sexual, physical, or emotional abuse. So the first thing that popped out to me were divorce and emotional abuse. So... And well, before I go on, I want to know, is there, do any of those, do you identify with any of those? And we'll we'll refer to them as ACEs, so I don't have to keep saying out adverse childhood experiences. So as I move through the episode, we'll just refer to those as ACEs. Okay. Um, I would say definitely the divorce and uh, the ACEs um, and any, like the emotional type of abuse is definitely okay. something that I I can identify I can tell you the shape color and size of it because <laughs> I've lived it <laughs> okay. and it's something that I've you know I still deal with now okay so is there a significant experience or a period during your childhood that you felt you experienced these these specific aces Hmm. I would say, I wouldn't say specifically. I would just, I can remember as young as maybe about nine, mm-hmm. maybe 10. And my parents kind of just going through this cycle of he was back in the house, then he was gone. And then he was back in the house and he was gone. And I knew as young as I was, I understood what peace was when mm-hmm. he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And when he would come, it would just disrupt everything. Like my mom's mood would change. My sister is like a daddy's girl. I'm a mama's baby. Mm-hmm. So any chance of him being around, she was in love with. And, you know, she, you know, I, I can't really speak for her experience, but as a whole, she just loved her daddy. And I love my daddy too, but I understood what our household looked like when he wasn't there. And mm-hmm. I preferred that. And for me to be as young as like nine and 10 and understanding that, that's how you know it was a problem. Wow. Um, And then I remember being like 13 and me and my mama going at it. I'm just like, he don't want to be here. Uh He just don't want to be here. And she kind of stopped like, what? And I'm just like, he does not want to be here. Like, why do you keep letting him come here? Uh You know, Um, and then 
even as a child, I was, I was shy, but I wasn't, and I was quiet, Mm -hmm. but most of that came from the fact of growing in the type of the household that I had of, it was mostly just survival and not knowing how to articulate all of that. We saw everything. We saw, we probably shouldn't have saw, you know, Mm -hmm. seen, excuse me. And then just knowing that the burden that my mom had to carry because she wanted to have that family. She came from a broken home. He did too. And she just couldn't understand why he just could not get it through his head of, we have a family here. Why don't you want it? And I think she did a lot of decision-making going against herself to have that, that creation of that family that she didn't have, mm-hmm. not realizing that it was really taking a toll on me and my sister. Oh, wow. um, yeah. With just, and I loved it. I mean, I couldn't, I didn't understand the type of struggle that she had maybe financially or emotionally, mm-hmm. but I knew the type of environment that my mom had in that household. And I loved going home because he wasn't there, you know, and that's wild for a child to feel that. that child, I enjoy being at home when my daddy isn't here. Yes. And then on top of that, my dad dealt with, he was an alcoholic mm-hmm. that with drugs you know, so it, it just, it created like an energy and a spirit that I did not like. And it took me, it took me until I got into maybe college until I really started to really voice that concern and just voice everything that I saw mm-hmm. and letting my mama know, like, this has really affected me and my sister. Um, and it's had a lasting effect on us now. And we are in our mid thirties, still dealing with this. And like you said, yeah. My father now is sick. He had two strokes, I think 2019. And now he's looking for us to kind of be this family. You all broken up. Yeah. You got one foot in the grave. And now you're looking for us to kind of, you know, just come around as if nothing happened and be there for you. And that's why I made that status of my mom was good on my end. Yeah. It doesn't matter what she's going through whether it's health-wise, emotional-wise, I show up for my mom because she showed up for me. Right. And there were so many times, various times in my life that he chose not to show up. And I'm glad you said chose because that is a, that is a decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was a decision. Yeah. And I think the what really did it for me, Randy, it was just like, He, I think it was like a year into him, his health failing. And Mm -hmm. his doctor was like, if you don't do this, if you don't do this, you're going to die. Mm -hmm. He had medication. He had a whole like health plan. He had everything. You know, that man chose the streets. And I, being in my thirties, I'm like, it was just that, that little girl in me was just looking for him just to choose your family one Mm -hmm. time. One time, one time, like this could, this could be the last time that you have that you have this opportunity to, to exactly. To and I even said like this, like choosing yourself is like choosing me. Mm-hmm. You wanting to get better lets me know that you are trying. And he chose the streets, mm-hmm. still drinking, still smoking. This man, girl, I'm talking about out here bad. And I was like, that was the point for me. It was like Anna, you got to let that go. You have to choose yourself. Mm-hmm. That man chose his life, then you have to choose yourself. You do. Or you're going to be out here dying just like him, trying to make him see something in you that you already know that you have. And he does not want to show up for you. It's so wild hearing hearing your story 
and hearing, you know, some of the same things and similarities that I have with my dad. Um, and I remember when I first started going to therapy uh, a couple years ago and telling my therapist, you know, I can only do so much from my end. Like he has to decide to show up, you know, I was mm -hmm. in, I had made plans with him two years in a row when I was in his home, like, well, not hometown, but where he's living at the time. I was in Atlanta for a conference two years in a row. He was there. I'm like, it's nothing like for us to meet up. And he made every excuse in the book to not meet me both times. And I, you know, told my therapist after that, I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to keep putting myself out there to go through the same thing I went through as a little girl with, you know, this man promising to show up or promising to pick me up or promising to come see me because that's heartbreak all over again. It's just at a different level because I'm an adult now. Right. But I told her that I, what I don't want to happen is for this man to be on his deathbed and then everyone is looking at me like, oh, well, you got to make it right. Because no, I don't. Yeah. I, I don't. Um, I actually do have plans to see him soon. The unfortunate part is he doesn't know because I know that if I tell him, he'll make an excuse. Mm -hmm. um, so I literally have to pull a pop up on him. But that was, you know, with his health in the state that it was, I was like, you know, there's a possibility that he might not be here by the time I get to him. And when I shared that with, you know, my mom and my grandmother, they asked me how I felt about that. And I, I didn't feel any way. I'm like, if he dies, he dies. And I know people may hear that and be like, well, damn, that's harsh. But like you said, like my mom and I have had our issues for sure, but I'm never going to not show up for my mom because that's my mom. Like she has never abandoned me or neglected me. Him on the other hand, like I can't, I'm not going to be by your side and watch you die. Like that's, that's kind of what it, what it is for me. Yeah. And again, you choosing, you know, again, he, he's choosing to not take care of his health, you know, my dad has been a functional alcoholic since before I was born. I'm damn near 34 years old. Mm -hmm. So th that that's a that's a choice. Yeah, that's a choice that you choose to um, that he chose to make. And like you said, we have to choose ourselves. You reach a point when you realize that as much as I want you to show up and be a parent, no matter what age I am, it's your choice if you don't want to. And there's literally, as much as it may hurt, as much disappointment as it may bring, that's that's your decision. And I have to move accordingly. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's something even, it's, it's really like a mind fuck because we just been conditioned like that's still your parents, that's still your dad, that's still your mom. Mm -hmm. you, you find yourself in that position, even when you know what you've experienced with them, you kind of tussle with 
well, I still have to be there or I, I still have to show up somewhere. And because, I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. It's kind of like, and you you are constantly fighting yourself about that. And it's like, well, damn, they they made these decisions in their life and they are actively doing them. Mm-hmm. Why is it that I'm fighting myself from doing me? Because you, 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 you helped bring me here, not the other and, way around. Yes, yes. I'm not your parent. Yes. I'm not, yes. I don't care. I don't care how old I get. I am not, I am not your parent. Yes. So I am only going to go so far to try to have a relationship with you. If you don't want it, you don't, you don't want it. I don't want to try to force anybody to want to be in my life. That don't sound fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you don't want to be here. Okay. Don't. Yeah. And then he has gone as far as telling, I think he told my sister this, like, I just think Anna hates me. She just hates me. And I don't know what I did. It's just like, really? Do, do we have to, do we have to do that right now? Because I like, look, I don't even, I don't hate this man at all. He's my father. I do love him, but I'm moving on. Yeah. You know, like I, whatever he got going on, look more power to him. I hope he's healthy, but that's really all I have for him. I don't have to, just because I have my distance and I have moved on doesn't mean that I hate you. It's just the yeah. fact that I've processed what's going on. I've made peace with it and I'm good. I'm and okay. you protect that peace. Yes. Yes. Um, Cause it seemed like every time he has found his way in my life at whatever period, there's always a disruption. There is, mm-hmm. it, he's gone for a minute he comes back it's cool and then it's something huge happens Hmm. and then we find ourselves digging ourselves out of this like emotional hole to get us back to where we were before he even came in and when I noticed that that was like a real pattern I said no ma'am I'm not doing that shit again no 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 I get so yeah yeah I'm just trying to protect my peace now I get it so like I said, we've, I've experienced, you know, seeing my parents go through a divorce. Um, the, I guess the silver lining in that part of trauma and that traumatic experience was that I didn't see the ugly parts of it. So mm-hmm. my parents never did all that rah-rah stuff in front of me. Like I, I didn't know. All I knew was that my daddy was there one day and the next day he was gone. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's as quick as it as it as I remember it happening, and then he popped up a year later on my birthday, and then I didn't see this man again for like eleven years, and then another eleven years. So yeah, <laughs> um, so yeah, I I didn't see all that, but another part of trauma that I've experienced is emotional, and I actually had to deal with that last year coming to a head with my mom. And it wasn't so much as, you know, abandonment or anything. For me, it was, I feel, I feel like my mom has nitpicked at me mm-hmm. for as long as I can remember. And it got to a point last year where I was just like ready to blow up. I'm like, stop, just stop. Because it is like, it, it one, it hurts. But two, like the you over being overly critical of every little thing that I do, 
it's excessive. Of course, you know, at the time she didn't see it from, you know, my point of view, but I'm like, I wouldn't just pull something like that out of my ass if it wasn't truly how I felt. And I'm like, that really messed me up for a minute. I'm like, if it's my hair or if it's, you know, how I'm wearing my hair or some weight issue I'm having or some skin issue I'm having or how I'm dressed or how I'm doing this. It was just, I felt like she always had to comment and it was not, you know, not the nicest things. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want it to seem like my mom was going around being like, damn, you ugly or damn, you raggedy. But it was Mm -hmm. just still the need to always be critical of something I'm doing more so towards my physical appearance. Like I said, whether it be my skin, my weight, my hair, how I'm dressed, whatever, there was always seemed to be an issue. And I'm like, that was traumatizing for me because I have always, so it's not just on her. I've always had body image issues. Mm -hmm. And, but she has, I had to get her to understand that she has contributed to that. Yeah. Um, I take after my dad's side of the family, they're big bone women. My mom's side of the family, those women for the most part are small frames. So I've always looked like a giant standing yeah. next to the women in my family. Growing up, they never let me forget that I was big, I was bigger. So mm-hmm. that and I told her, you know, a lot of those things have contributed to me having proud having issues like I will damn near bite somebody's head off if they photograph my back rows like we all know they there yeah Mm -hmm. I don't need you to take a picture of them you know or if somebody if somebody takes just an unflattering picture of me and I'm like why would like I I get overly defensive about it because I'm like why would you want to put this unflattering view of me out for the world to see. Like, that's how I think about it. So mm-hmm. and I told my mom, I was like, for me to feel that way, you have to know that I got here somehow. So I need you to understand where I'm coming from and own when I tell you that you've contributed to that. Right. Don't gaslight me. Don't tell me I'm over-exaggerated because that's just going to make it worse. Understand where I'm coming from. Own your part in it and let's move on. So like I said, that was an issue we dealt with last year. We got over it. She, after being stubborn, um, she came came back to and was like, okay, I understand what, I understand how we got here. I hear you. All right. It'll stop. We'll move on. Perfectly fine. Um, so yeah, those are those are for me. I don't feel like I've dealt with any, like I like I said, I never saw any physical abuse. Um I de- I was sexually abused as a child. It wasn't by anybody in my immediate family. Um I honestly don't know if I'm traumatized by that, to be completely honest. Um, I was touched. So nobody actually like, there was no like actual sexual act. Right. Other than touching. 
but I was also like, I don't feel like I was ever protected. So I, you know what, I will say, I will own that that's part that that is traumatizing because it also makes me, I have trust issues around, um, around men. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I've, I've gotten a therapy has definitely helped um, a lot. I'm a lot better, but I just, you know, my antennas be up around men. Cause I'm like, you know, that was a family friend and nobody protected me. Like I told, and I, they kept sending me to be around this man. Like nobody said, no, she can't go back over there. No, like it was just, oh, like just stay away from him. You're telling a child to stay away from this man who decided to violate her. And I remember, mm-hmm. you know, an aunt saying, well, he did it to me too. That doesn't make it okay. Like, but I feel like our generation is definitely challenging that brush it under the rug thing. Yeah. You know, when shit that's not supposed to happen happens, we're going to talk about it. And I don't care how uncomfortable it's going to make whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah, I, 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 I will go ahead and own that. That was a traumatizing experience because like I said, it, it's affected not only that, but how we've seen, you know, every, a lot of the things that happen in today's society with, women you know being you know letting their guard down around men you know yeah and that's that's Mm -hmm. a whole nother conversation for another day (laughs) yeah oh gosh um (laughs) so what is it that you feel you have had to unlearn through through your trauma hmm I think I had to unlearn and I'm still unlearning this that just because they are family that they should be around or they should be um, included or participate in your life. Oh, that's a word. That's a word. That's going to ruffle some feathers, but that's a word. Yes. And that I am allowed to say no to them. Mm -hmm. I'm allowed to decide how much of my life that they are present in, whether that's a little, a lot, or not at all, and that's okay. Um, that's always been something that I've had issue with, um, and not just on my my dad and my dad's side, but on my mom's side too. Yeah. Uh, and it came a little bit harder for my mom's side because of me being closer to her mm-hmm. and her having those type of relationships with her siblings. And then there was things that happened to where there's no relationship at all, but they're mm-hmm. the cousins. We tried to keep, keep in touch or whatever. Then it was some dirty shit going on with that. And it was just like, okay. And then what, what I hate with what they do on both sides is people do things to you and then they come back around as if nothing happened. It was oh, like, wait baby. a minute. Oh, baby. I'm like, wait, 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 wait a like, minute. I know you don't have amnesia because I don't. Yeah. And then they make you seem like that you're crazy because you, you are aware. Yeah. And it's like, okay, wait, wait, wait a minute. We're not going to just go and kick it or we're not cool or we're not going to follow each other on social media. Like you, 
you just violated me. You just mm-hmm. violated some things and then we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. And it, like I say, go back to the whole mindfuck, the emotional thing where they know that we are family and we supposed to just go through things and move on. And it's like, no, when are we going to do a hard stop and, and deal with this? Because this is the problem, you know? Um, and I, I had to unlearn that. And then I said this year, I'll be 35 this year. And I said that there's a lot of things that I have talked to people about or whatever, but I really need to talk to somebody of, you know, that's a professional. I need to find like a therapist or something because mm-hmm. it's a lot of things in the way that I interpret and that way I take it in. It has a lot to do with what I've experienced. And I know it's not right. You know, I have a- That's honest. Yeah, it, it is. And um, there's a lot of anger within me. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot, there's a, a wall that I have. Like I really, that that trust thing, mm-hmm. uh, somebody can do something one time to me and mm-hmm. it could be just like a mistake and I'm good. I cut you off, period. Like there's no conversation, you're done. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not healthy. You know, I have to, but I think it goes to me you know, in the past of giving people the benefit of doubt, letting them do things to me and then I get over it and then we cool again and then they do something else and then I forgive and then they do something else. And then I, it's like, you know what, fuck it. I'm not, I'm not dealing with that no more. Yeah. They do something, I'm good. I'm, it's a hard stop. I don't mess with you no more. And it's, it's gotten so bad to where it's damn near like a dissociative type of thing where I don't even recognize their face. I don't recognize their name. They can come up to me on the street. I'm just like, well, who are you? Like I've completely put you out of my mind. Yes. I've completely blocked them out. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not healthy. It's not. Um, And I will say that just, like I said, the things that I've seen between my parents, like I've never really seen anything physical, Mm -hmm. but it, it was a lot of yelling. It was a lot of arguments. It was a lot of emotional stuff. And like I said, him coming back home, then he was gone. And then him coming back in again. And it was always something. And I really do think that that kind of shifted how I, um, communicate and Mm -hmm. how I articulate and the things that I try to hide, um, even hiding myself. Um, I, I know that's had, um, had a hold on me and how I just kind of just look at life in general. So one of the goals, cause I've written down like a list of goals that I have. And on the top is like finding a therapist okay. because now, um, like I said, I'm in my, hitting my mid thirties, I am married and I do not want to pass that on to my husband and possibly if we have a child, keep that same type of processing and put that mm-hmm. on my child, yeah. you know? And then they, I'm, I'm raising them, rearing them and they grow up and they're looking at me and I'm looking at them like we're strangers mm-hmm. because I can't see them past what I got going on. What you got. That's real. That's yeah. really honest though. Yeah. Um, when you mentioned the unlearning that, you know, basically you family so you can get away with whatever, that's something that I've, I've been practicing for a minute and <laughs> I remember when I first started, you know, kind of like sharing with my mom, like, I don't fool with this person because X, Y, Z. I don't fool with this person because X, Y, Z. And her thing used to be like, well, you need to remember at the end of the day, you got this family and 
that's you know that's all you got and I've told her blood don't make us family it make us related Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's it yes there are people (laughs) like I don't like (laughs) and you don't get to say whatever you want to say to me and I remember so my family is I've for the most part I've always had a very close-knit like extended family like we didn't you know we didn't really do drama you know um and one of the big things and I didn't really I didn't really trip off of it until I got grown I didn't realize that when my family gathers we don't drink so mm-hmm. and that several of us do drink we don't drink when we gather as a family. So like, especially like for instance, Thanksgiving what? and I think it's because out of respect for my grandmother, because what we'll do is like sometimes after Thanksgiving, you know, dinner or whatever, then some of us will go drink. Um, but when the, you know, when the larger parts of the family are gathered, we just, alcohol isn't included. Um, and one of the other things we've done just out of respect for her is not use profanity. Plenty of people in my family who cuss like sailors, but <laughs> around my grandma and, you know, just kind of uh, respect that with the other elders too. We just try not to curse around them. But I remember a couple Thanksgivings, there were two different cousins who tried me and they got cussed out. And I can remember people just you know doing that fake gasp like oh my gosh I can't believe Randy said that and I had to apologize to my grandma because like I said you know that's just something we just don't do but I'm like but this person is not gonna sit here and talk to me any kind of way like you're not gonna talk to me and that was that's when it started and I remember telling my mom like I don't fool with these people because um I don't fool with these people Um, because I don't, sorry, I don't fool with these people because they're doing, you know, they're doing X, Y, Z and they're talking to me this way. And, you know, just, I'm not going to deal with it just because we're family. And she finally got to that point and under, you know, Mm -hmm. got it because somebody, some you know a close family a couple close family members tried her recently and she was like now I'm gonna block them out and you know because they're disturbing my peace I'm like oh now you get it mm-hmm. but that's what I've been trying to tell you for the longest like stop letting people get by with shit just because y'all related like that doesn't make sense you make like yeah like Mm -hmm. I've done it with you like me speaking to my mom I've done it with you you have to respect my boundaries Mm -hmm. you've done Mm -hmm. it with me I have to respect your boundaries so you need to do it with brothers sisters nieces nephews aunts uncles whoever if you're not gonna come to me with respect then you can you can get the fuck I literally do not care who you are yeah me and my mom did not talk for two months. And to some people, that ain't that long. For my mom and I, that was long as hell because we talked damn near every day. But my yeah. mom was trying it. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, what what do you want to do, sis? Because if we have to go longer, we can. Mm-hmm. So I fully understand that. Um, I think what I've had to unlearn is... 
one thing is that um, <laughs> I'm trying to articulate how I want to put this without sounding like an asshole. Yep, listen, not that I, I, not that I really care, <laughs> but I get it. I definitely do. Um, I, I've had to unlearn part of that. Like I said, the family, you know, allowing family to to say whatever they want but that it's okay to voice my disdain for people mm-hmm. oh I yeah i'm from a family that likes to sweep things under the rug like if it did we don't we're not gonna talk about it no i'm gonna talk about it like when me and my mom had our issues I was vocal, like, you follow me on Facebook. You saw, like, I was vocal about what was going on with us. Now, I didn't get, Mm -hmm. like, I didn't get ugly in my post, but I was open and honest about what was going on. There were family members who were, you know, behind the scenes gossiping, like Randy doing all of this. Mm -hmm. That's your problem now, because y'all be dealing with this shit and y'all won't talk about it. I didn't say nothing bad about my mama. Mm-hmm. I was just honest. I didn't. I didn't disrespect her. I didn't call her out of her name. I didn't do any of it. So that is what I. That is def- definitely something I've had to unlearn. Is that voicing my disdain for a person or how a person behaves or how they treat me is perfectly okay. Also, mm-hmm. that I don't have to. Um, I don't have to be around anybody who makes me uncomfortable. And that's in any way. Yes. Um, Again, don't care if we're family or not. If you make me uncomfortable, I do not have to be around you because I stress all the time how hard I work to maintain my peace. Mm -hmm. If I think you, you and your mess and you and your bullshit are going to disrupt that, then I don't have to let you be around me. Yeah. I don't have to come around you. Um, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to make excuses. Like, I'm not going to lie about why I don't want to see people when I go to St. Louis. Cause I don't like y'all. <laughs> right. I don't like you or I know you don't like me. That's the other thing, you know, people talk people Mm -hmm. talk so I know that there are family members who don't necessarily care for me so I'm not gonna go out of my way to be around people who I know don't care for me yeah for what for what Mm -hmm. so you know I'm all about I I could not care any less that if people dislike me yeah that's how I am too. Like, I'm really like, I follow through and I stand in that. Like mm-hmm. I, I care for those who care for me. Yeah. That's where my focus, that's where my energy is at. That's where I participate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have full access to me because like I always say, they show up they and show they up. try. Yeah. And, and they, they are there. So I don't have to question that. And I love that what you said about, what did you say? Um, about the thing, like having a distinction between relatives and family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have that same type of philosophy too. I have a lot of relatives, but I have decided who my family is. Yeah. 
And my family mostly consists of like my closest friends, and it's a yes. very, very tight knit circle. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, and I've decided that, and it's sad, but that's just what that's how the cookie crumble. Yeah, most of my family are my friends, mm-hmm. and I put my energy and I put my time into that, and we text each other to see how we're doing. We may not talk every day, but they check in on me. I check in on them. I'll take a trip to go see them. They'll come down here and see yep. me. Um, they really ask me how I'm doing. You know, they congratulate me and, and you know, they don't act like they don't see the accomplishments and mm-hmm. I don't do the same. Um, and that has happened to even my mom, even in her age, she just turned 60. And a lot of her, her friends are her family. Yeah. And she had to learn the hard way because my mom, and that was a, that was one of the things that we would beef and argue about a lot even in my 20s and like my late teens where I was always see my mom out here helping these people she helping this person she making this she buying that baby listen and listen and my mama was the same way and I'm like they wouldn't do it for you though listen girl when my mom extending yourself to people who would not do the same for you at all my mama had a heart attack driving on 70 girl i'm sorry and i think i was was i like a sophomore in college i think i was a sophomore Mm. i was getting ready to drop out of school just to be at home with her to take care of her and work Mm. um my mama was struggling to pay her rent trying to keep things going because she couldn't work she was sick Mm -hmm. All these people that she's done things for, went and prayed and, you know, made cook plates for and, and sold this and, and sent money here. She couldn't find nobody. Okay. None of them. None of them. And when I tell you that created like a monster in me mm-hmm. when it came to what my mom does now and who can have access to her. Like, I'm like, uh-uh, who is that calling? No, ma'am. They're not coming by here. Because <laughs> I told my mom, I said, look, mm-hmm. if anything happens to you, you need to write down a list and tell me who, who you want to show up. Because mm-hmm. if it was left to me, none of these motherfuckers would show up. They would not be allowed in here. Because <laughs> you may forgive, but I don't forget. And there mm-hmm. was a lot of, like, I'm talking about hard times, girl. Hard times when it was just me, my mom, and, and my that's mom. when you realize who really is, um, who really is there for you. My parents... Um, my stepdad at one point in time owned his own business and it, it was a point where there, my mom has always been one of the larger breadwinners in our like extended family. That's just, mm-hmm. um, that's just been what it is. Um, but during the period that my stepdad owned his own business her discretionary income was much larger so she could do a whole lot more for other people and then even now like even present day you know when they're both still working like they still have you know a larger discretionary income than several people Mm -hmm. and I will say that you know people assume that because you have xyz that you quote unquote got it like that. But what two things, one people fail to realize is that a lot of people spend what they make. So that's not to say you don't have anything left, but your lifestyle usually aligns with the money you bring in. Two, 
I don't care how much discretionary income I got left over. I don't care if I had a million dollars to play with every month. It's mine. Right. I don't owe I like I I don't owe you <laughs> my my yeah. extra money. Like, and so I told my mom that you helping people so much has made some of those people feel entitled to your money. And that mm-hmm. is the problem because the first time you say no or I can't do it or I don't have it, then it's World War fucking three. And that yep. is a problem because one that tells you that that person does not appreciate or care about a true relationship with you. They care about what you can do for them. And the moment that you can't do something for them, you're no longer of value to them. And that is, I, that I will not say that that is the majority of my family, but that is quite a few people's in my family's problem, and which is why I have distanced people. There, there are, people do not have my phone number. And I tell my mama, do not give XYZ my phone number because if they call me with that bullshit, they're getting cussed out and I don't care who it is. So period. You want me to keep <laughs> my respect where it's at. Don't give them my phone number because you call me asking me for some bullshit. It's going to be a problem. Because yes. no, we don't talk any other time. We don't have a relationship at all. Right. So, so why would you call me for anything? But but some of them have tried it. Yeah. You know, can I, mm-hmm. can I, can I carry them across state lines? I literally haven't seen you in years. What are you, what are you talking about? No, I absolutely cannot. No, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> the answer is just no. Yeah, and yeah. I don't owe you any explanation as to why. It's just no. Right. So definitely like standing on that um, completely. So my last question for you is, what have your experiences with your parents, what have those experiences made you feel about parenthood? Um, I would say out the gate it completely changed the way that I looked at myself as I got older if if even if I even wanted to be married Mm -hmm. um if I wanted to even have a relationship and I got to a point where I didn't even I was like I don't even want children Mm -hmm. at all like I was just I was afraid that I was going to unleash on them what I have gone through. Mm. And I was terrified of what that was going to look like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I carried that with me for a very, very long time. It wasn't until recently where I started to kind of just release that. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, I, the way I just looked at just the, the whole relationship dynamic, um, I was just like, no, nah, I'm, I'm I'm good. I don't want nobody in my house. I don't want to commit to anybody. I don't want to be responsible for anybody because more than likely they're not going to do that for me. Mm. So it was easier for me to kind of push off uh, potential mates. Mm -hmm. Um, Even, you know, I never had an issue in that department, but I realized that there was just, they would have probably a lot of parts of me, but they were just like, I was guarded when it came to really like my heart and my emotions. Mm-hmm. I would give them enough to make them feel like that they knew me, but they didn't know. Got it, got it. Because of that. And then that spilled over and I don't even know if I want children. Like mm-hmm. I, I just, like I said, I was uh, terrified of um, being the exact thing that I experienced. And I didn't want that. I didn't want to unleash that on them. 
So I, I did a lot, like a lot of just pushing people away, pushing mm-hmm. mates away, um, not even trying to set myself out there to be chosen or to date because I just didn't want to deal with it. So, but now, you know, now that I'm married and I've um, kind of, it's forced me to really deal with that stuff. A lot of it was just kind of like lying dormant in me that I didn't even know what I was feeling. Um, I had blocked it out and I'm not going to lie. I really thought that being married was going to kind of take a lot of that away. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, it, it really kind of just showed itself in even, you know, me and my husband kind of just working things out and even having our arguments. A lot of that was coming out mm-hmm. um, of me, you know, projecting. Right now you got to deal with this because now it's not just you. Yeah, it's me and him, me and him in his house. Yeah. Each other like we crazy and we both <laughs> dealing with stuff. Like yeah. it is forcing me to be like, okay, Anastasia, you have to really deal with that because it's coming out and mm-hmm. it's coming out in ways that um, it's going to be dangerous if you don't handle it. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm, I noticed that now, but it really kind of turned me off of just putting myself out there and potentially having a mate and being a partner. And even as I got older and kind of just thinking of the things that I dealt with, it kind of made me really realize too, on the other end of my parents are people too. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially my mom. I started to really see her as a woman versus just my mom. And I I think that grew us closer because we just recently been having like a lot of talks of, a lot of the things that me and my sister didn't know about, um, maybe things that we saw, but we didn't really understand. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. Like realizing yes. your parents are are humans and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, once you get grown and, you know, thinking, hey, I, I see the shit that I go through. Like, kudos to you for not make, not even allowing me to see some of the stuff you went through. Mm-hmm. Like holding yes. it all together and extending them that grace like damn they really like in a lot of instances like I don't fault my mom was not a bad mom and I mm-hmm. made sure that I've let her know that I don't believe that I feel like parent parenting is a learning experience and knowing how she was raised a lot of it was just she did she did what she thought was best mm-hmm. yeah and that's what um we have like recently, like within like the last, I would say like last two or three years where we just really had like in-depth talks mm-hmm. and she was telling me things that we didn't know. Um, and then one of the great things that I'm even just trying to learn how to receive it is my mom has apologized for a lot too. Mm-hmm. And mo- that more than anything meant the world to me yeah. because um, she recognized that she was like, Anna, I didn't know everything, mm-hmm. um, but I know a lot of decisions that I made was not right. And she said a lot of decisions I made was to satisfy me versus what was best for my children. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, I apologize for that. And I was just like, wait a minute. <laughs> I, was on a, I was on the phone like, okay, when I get off this phone, I'm finna boohoo and cry. Like, oh my God. And An then apology from a parent. And I don't know how often or unoften your mom apologized, but when my mama apologized, my mama does not apologize often. So when that lady told me she was sorry, I knew she meant that shit. 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So she yes. Meant that shit. And I was yeah. like, damn. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was, it, I, I guess it was just me kind of giving my, myself grace and giving my mom grace too, because I think when she kind of realized the older that she gets, as, as she softens and I mature, she kind of learns and she's been thinking about just life in general, especially mm. with her going into a second phase. And just a lot of things have come up and she has been apologizing for a lot. And, um, you know, I've apologized too, because it was a stint girl between like the age of like 15 and 17, me and my mom was going at it heavy. And it had a lot to do with just my dad and that relationship, just a lot of things that she was doing. And, um, we just kept bumping heads, bumping heads. And I just felt like I wasn't being heard. And she was looking at it as like, girl, we trying to survive. I'm not trying to hear all that, you know? You know, that's but, that age that we start, you know. Yeah. For some <laughs> of us, you know, we start having, you know, we start having sex a little early. We get to smelling mm-hmm. ourselves, feeling ourselves. And then thinking, you know, that's why, that's, that's pretty much when you know. All right. How much longer is this really going to work? Because, you know, they say grown women can't be under the same household. Mm-hmm. So now, now you feeling yourself. So, yeah. All that we button heads a lot. We gonna and we gonna talk about some stuff that we ain't talked about. Yeah, <laughs> and I I really don't think that my mom was ready for that because it's like now I'm in the house. I'm raising these young women. Mm-hmm. They are little girls, but they don't look like little girls. Their yeah. bodies definitely don't look like little girls. They got their mm-hmm. minds of their own. They get it from me. Now they're really kind of seeing who we are as people because I think parents actually do get comfortable. They don't really realize that as children, we see everything mm-hmm. and we start to really kind of make um, what well, we kind of decipher what's really going on. We start to really see them as people, not just parents. So they can't hide under that cloak anymore of I'm the mama. This is how I was going to go. It's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Like, I, I really want to have a conversation with you. So it's like now um, I really just see her as her and not just a mom that she can fix everything and we good. Um, And like I said, that she's really, like I said, and that's what made me, like I go back to that that Facebook status, kind of like that's what made me say that because it's like Mm -hmm. even now, like my mom is still being my mother and she shows up for me. Even when she doesn't have to, she did her job. She raised her kids. But she's always available. So anything that my mom needs, I'm going to show up for her. I don't care what it is. Yeah. And she has put that time in for me to, you know, not doubt her. Like not to, you know, for anything that she wants to happen to go unanswered. Because I'm always going to be there. And that was kind of like for the, like the other family members and the cousins that got the whispers and they talk. And I'm just like, I'm going to show up for this one. Now that other one, I don't care. I don't know what he's doing. God bless, but this one over here is good. (laughs) Right, that's not my business because like I said, even through everything she's gone through, at least my mama showed up. She showed up every single day when she probably didn't even have anything left. Showed up and gave gave the best she had that day. Yes, and that means the world. So just anybody in general, but just like the relationship between a parent and a child, when you when you have a parent that shows up for you, that's really there for you, that knows how to apologize, that's open, mm-hmm. you know, and that you, like we decide every day. Me and my mom talk every day, and we decide that we're gonna do that every day. We choose each other every day, and that means everything to me. Being chosen oh. is yeah. It lets mm-hmm. me know that um, that you care. Like I I, I share words with my dad. 
um, or um, like in the middle of last year because long story short, he got one of my sisters worked up um, mm-hmm. uh, unnecessarily. And I told him, you know, that he was out of line. And somehow the conversation led to he didn't under he he didn't understand why um why I'm so angry. Nigga, are you serious? I'm 30, I'm almost 34. I haven't seen you since I was 18. What do you mean? What do you mean you don't understand why I'm so angry? But you but and then it's the but I still love you. Okay, that don't have shit to do with shit. Mm-mm. Um, and love is an action word. You don't get to just tell me you lo- love me and that be it. Like, um, <laughs> but for and that situation, of course, has definitely made me made me feel a certain way about parenthood. Um, for I feel like I've always known that I wanted kids, but I've also been terrified for a long time of of that because I like my parents did it the quote unquote right way they mm-hmm. were married I was planned mm-hmm. and that man just got up one day and decided he just didn't want it no more Ooh, so he want he, like so when I knew that I'm like you know, I've all because I always had this idea in my mind that yeah, I'm gonna meet a guy, we gonna get married, we gonna you know we'll be in love, and then we'll have you know a child together. That's what my parents did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Twice there there were twins before me that didn't make it. They did it again, mm-hmm. and he just didn't want it anymore. So, and I don't have any and. So I struggled with for a long time with that because I'm like, I don't have any control over that. Yeah. And you can't keep anybody who wants to leave. Yes. From my mama's account of things, they weren't having no extreme problems that, you know, she didn't, she didn't want him to leave. He mm-hmm. just didn't want it anymore. Yeah. Went back to somebody he knew. He knew before her, did it again, got up and decided he didn't want to do that. So that for me, for a long time, I was like, well, damn, like I said, they did it the quote unquote right way. They did it the traditional way and Mm -hmm. it still didn't work. So for me, my thoughts were, what does that look like for me then? And what does that mean for me? Yeah. And I told myself, go to therapy. That's what you can do. Go to therapy. So when I first started going to therapy, I was very clear about my reasoning. I said, because I have things that I need to unpack. And I, my future husband and children do not deserve an unhealed me. Yeah. Everything else, we can figure it, we can figure it out. But the trauma that I hold from me having an absent father and all this other shit, they don't deserve that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I got to take care of that. And with my mom, what my experience with her has taught me about parenthood is that I don't really think my mom really started listening 
to me until I was an adult. And I don't want to do that to my kids. I was, I definitely grew up not, not even just in a household. I grew up in a family where you didn't question adults. Mm -hmm. There, there was no, it was no, we couldn't ask why it was because I said, so I do not believe in that. Kids can Mm -hmm. ask questions. Would like I saw on um, Twitter, uh, a few weeks ago or a few months, whatever, at some point in time, a kid asked their parent, why do I have to call you mom? And you can call me by my name. That is a legit question coming from a child. Now they didn't have a real answer, but mm-hmm. because I said so doesn't work when kids are literal sponges. They're asking questions because they literally just want to know. It's not in how, you know, as when we were growing up parents looked at it as you're challenging me it's not mm-hmm. a challenge I'm a child and I really just want to know an explanation I do that in work now still don't tell me to do something if you can't let me know why I'm doing it right yes yeah. I can do this but why mm-hmm. what what is it going to solve what purpose does it hold why there's nothing wrong with it so that's one big thing I've learned like with my relationship with her is to like if I'm blessed to be a mother one day I definitely like the whole you can't be your kid's friend I don't believe that I don't believe Mm -hmm. that at all um I feel like kids should be the safest and feel the most open with their parents yeah you spend a day, you spend a good amount of time at home before you're out in the outside world. Like that should be the safest space you can be in. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that, and that doesn't mean disrespect. I think that's a big problem in the black community. Being open and honest with your kids doesn't mean that there can't be respect and boundaries. Right. That, that for some reason, people think that if you're, if you become your child's friend and they're just going to run all over you, not if you enforce, create and enforce boundaries, like, right. so yeah, I've, I've, that's what that has, you know, made me feel about parenthood is just, I've definitely picked up some tools that I definitely feel that I can use in parenthood and I've definitely seen and experienced some things that I feel like need to be left where the hell they at because mm-hmm. we're not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> we we just not doing it. That's not. And I've told my mom too, like some of this, like, I feel like how my mom thinks about certain things now. I'm like, you're going to have to let that go. Um, mm-hmm. Cause you're going to be, a, you're hopefully going to be a grandmother one day. And you can't do that. That's not going to work for me and mine. Yes. You just can't. <laughs> so <laughs> if, if we, so that's going to decide what type of relationship you have with your grandkids. I say either we're going to be a, y'all can go spend some days with your grandparents or we all going over there as a unit and we leaving as a unit. Ain't no, <laughs> you know, cause, right. cause you're not going to do You're not going to do that. Yeah. And just kind of like touching on what you said about having those boundaries and kind of just allowing your child to kind of question and kind of figure out themselves. I think that was one of the things that I was dealing with, even as a teen, like, like I I was in school. I love school. I was in church. I straight A's. 
did everything that I that my mom wanted me to do. And there was a period of time where I just felt like I was suffocating because she was always on me. She mm-hmm. was like snooping through our rooms. We didn't have no space. And I'm just like, I, and one day I was like, mama, I'm not out here like that. Yeah. So it's like, it's nothing that you can't come to me and ask me about what I'm doing and what am I into. You know, like, I, I feel like I don't have any space or to breathe. So we yeah. always bump head because it was just the way that she was raised. It's kind of like, this is what you do. This is what it is. I need to know everything. And it is what it is. So that's, that was the reason why we was always bumping. Because I'm like, I was like that kid where I was always up under my mom. There was nothing that you didn't know that I wasn't into. Right. But I was realizing as I was getting older that I deserve space. Yeah, you Kids know, and I'm privacy, and I'm yeah. I, I I want people to let go of the idea that they don't. Um, the co um one of the co owners of our podcast network, Candice, I remember her mentioning before that her daughter basically was like wanted to be in her room and not be bothered, like she just needed some alone time. Mm-hmm. Let these babies have their alone time. Yes. Another friend of mine, you know, he's like when his daughter comes home, the um her mom wants her to like dive right into homework. He's like, no, let that baby come in, decompress from the day. You know, if she need a nap and a snack, let her get that, and then we can tackle this little homework later. Like, let kids like <laughs> let them be. You can close your door. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of, you know how black households get about, ain't no closed doors in my house. What you can't, now that's one thing my mama did not trip about. It was, you know, because I, I, I needed my space and I needed my alone time. I needed my undisturbed, like just moments to myself. Kids deserve it. You're an mm-hmm. adult. You need it. Why don't you think, you think, oh, you think because they're not going to work, they don't need it. They're still going to school, being around people, needing to come home and process the emotions that they felt that day. Like, and they don't, they're not as developed as we are. So they might be having trouble processing those emotions. So maybe the best thing for them to do is, hey, let me go in my room, put on my headphones, watch some TV or whatever and decompress. But because you're a child, uh, you don't need that. You You ain't been through nothing. Right. No, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. No, not at all. And I said that the only, whenever I decided to become a parent, I was like, I don't know. I don't know what it is, what it looks like, but mm-hmm. I know three things that I said that I will stick to mm-hmm. and I will let my child know is that they are safe, they are loved, and they can always come home. And mm-hmm. anything in between that, we will figure out. Okay. And I feel like that's all I'm going to just give and start off with I don't have these crazy expectations of what I want them to look like and what I want them to study and what I want them to do is kind of like I just want them to know that they are loved like seriously loved and they can always come home and they have a safe space with me And that came from just, like I said, just the experience that I've had. And even now talking to my mom and having those conversations and even with that, you know, even with us button heads or whatever, I always still felt like I can come home when it came to my mom, but she never made me feel like I did not want to be home. And that was always something that I wanted to pass down to my kids. I don't Mm -hmm. care what y'all got going on. Come home. We can figure that out. 
I milked that, honey. I left a couple times and went right back. I did not move out for good until I was in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. Like, I was not one of them 18 and, you know, now it's, I'm never going back home. No, I definitely milked it for, for mm-hmm. me. I think I was in my, actually, I might've been in my mid-20s when I actually moved out for good, for good. Yeah. And I like right now, I tell my people, any friends or whatever that's at home, I say, y'all stay home, please. Y'all don't want these bills. Y'all don't want to deal with this. Listen, because I've already been trying to feel my parents out. They're in the process of getting the four bedroom house built. And I was like, so y'all know when I relocate, like it really doesn't make sense for me to sign a new lease. So (laughs) I could just move right on back home, save some money. Right. You know what? Let me get that room in the back. I ain't going to be no bother. Like Out, Out the way, out the way, you know, it'll help everybody. So. Yeah, I definitely, um, I definitely feel you there. And one last thing before we move into our closing remarks, when you said you want your child to know that they're safe, child or children or whatever the case may be, to know that they're safe. And I want people to understand that your child feeling safe extends well beyond the physical. Mm -hmm. Yes. They need to know that this is a safe space for you to come and talk. Like, for instance, you know, I told my mom when I started having sex, she put me on birth control, had a conversation with me about what the fuck was going to happen if I decided to have some kids and then pretty much told me that she wasn't about to stop her life to babysit. (laughs) Um, And that was it. You know, my mama didn't make a didn't make you know a big fuss about it she was like you know I wish I wish you had waited but I mean we here now so let's do what we got to do and that made me comfortable to talk to my mom about more things um surrounding sex like I had conversations with my mom about sex that some people would they would be completely uncomfortable with their parents talking about my mom taught me, like she didn't, sh- let me be clear before I could go here. My mom did not show me anything, but my mm-hmm. mom definitely talked to me about pleasing myself. Like mm-hmm. I learned at a very young age how to please myself um, and that I was comfortable enough to have that conversation with my mom because of her reaction when I told her that I was no longer a virgin. Yeah. Like you have to create safe spaces for your kids so that they want to talk to you about things. I didn't have, I didn't know who else to go talk to about that. My mama was the first person I wanted to talk to about these things. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. if, I didn't want to have those conversations with my friends. I wanted to talk to my mama about it because I right. knew my mama was a fully grown woman and I knew that she knew what she was talking about. Yes. <laughs> yeah so. and that's how I was too is it's like um I always went to my mom for advice and things like mm-hmm. that and then even with just being in my friends and being my you know my friend group even like you know in my teens I would be looking at them like y'all crazy as hell let me go ask my mama like I right. would just like just think of that and just just really like mama well what is this or how did you feel about this Mm-hmm. I would really go to her about that because she, like you said, she made it safe for me after a while. Like after we kind of, she kind of just realized, okay, they're getting older and I really need to be here for my babies. She right. really made me feel comfortable with going to her about questions like that. 
So I would ask her. And like, I just, it wasn't that I didn't trust my friends, but I just knew even at a young age, I had enough wisdom to know that they ain't know what the hell they was talking about. They ain't know. Listen, they, they, listen, they was just getting them little scratches itched. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or itches, itches scratched. My mama, like I said, my mama was a fully grown woman. So I knew if this is the conversation I'm ready to have, then I need to go talk to somebody with, you know, with some, mm-hmm. and she, yeah. she made me feel safe in it. Like she, like I said, she didn't flip out. She went, she told me, you know, how she felt about it, but it was calm. She's like, I wish you would have waited. Um, but you know, we're here now and we're gonna go make sure that you have what you need. So there ain't no oopsies. She's yeah. like, so if she so she's like, so I know if you come in here with a belly, then it's because it's what you wanted, because I'm giving you what you need so that that doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, she it was the confidence that she gave me mm-hmm. that made me feel like, okay, I'm going to arm you with these, these tools and these lessons. Yeah. And that made me feel comfortable with going out. It's just, even the way I looked at dating, like all of my friends, were like losing their virginity a little bit earlier than I was. Mm-hmm. And I made that conscious decision that I was in school and I was just like, I have some goals that I want to do. And I know me. And I was just like, if I mm-hmm. end up, start, you know, getting out there, I felt like I would lose my focus. I wasn't and... have no kids, child, because my listen, yeah. Deborah told me she was like, I am not oh no old lady that's gonna be sitting up in the house watching some kids that ain't mine. She's okay. like she's like, you have them, they're yours, and you're gonna be right here with them. She's like, So mm-hmm. you ready to stop being outside like you are? She was like, Go ahead. And I ain't had no kids yet. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it was just because of the type of training that I had. I just and she even talked to me and, she, I, and I the way that I even look at guys now is just like I as a woman, I know how to get attention. Mm-hmm. So and I know what to do to get that attention. So I was just wasn't pressed mm-hmm. when it came to you know the sex and just relationship or whatever. But she made me feel comfortable in well when you have that feeling on when you're you know ready to do this, this is what you do. You don't do nothing that you don't want to do, but this is what you do when it's t- that time. Now, and- I had daddy issues. I was hiding the ass for sure. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Not even going to lie. I was hot, but I wasn't going to have no kids, though. Right. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I was- <laughs> when it came to no kids, I said, uh-uh. I, I didn't want no diseases, and I didn't want no kids. Listen. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, everything can't always be prevented, but, there, you know, there are certain special circumstances for both of those but I made sure that I was doing you know everything I could to mm-hmm. yeah but mm-hmm. okay well I don't have I, I love this conversation oh gosh and just to let listeners know this is a part one so I can't tell you all exactly what's happening with part two but just know that there's a part two coming and I think that it's something that's been um long awaited so y'all gotta give me a few weeks and then I'll come back with part two of this conversation but I want to thank you Anna very much for taking time out one taking time out to have this conversation with me and two being open and vulnerable enough to have this conversation with me because you know sometimes I like to have fun and I like to you know just you know laugh and kick shit but the purpose of this podcast is to dig into some of the you know uncomfortable uncomfortable 
conversations. That's a part of healing is sitting in some uncomfortableness. So I appreciate you for that. No problem. Like, I'm so glad you reached out to me. I'm glad that you even thought enough of me to even have this conversation. You know, anytime somebody wants to talk to me, I'm just like, oh, they want to talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) But I I, I am like, like I said, the tide is turning when it comes to us really having these conversations that we Uh were scared to have, or we just didn't know how to articulate our issues. But Uh it's more common than it is, than it's, you know, than it's indifferent. Um, And I love unpacking our shit generation. (laughs) I know, I know. And I love it. I I really do love seeing the dialogue all over the place Uh and um, us just breaking through that wall of, you know, just being seen and not heard. We we got to get that out of here. It's mm-hmm. just not helping us anymore. It has not helped. And hope, you know, hopefully somebody is released from their issues, from even hurting this conversation and hearing us talk about it. So. I hope so. I hope so. Go ahead and let the listeners know where they can find you on the interweb. Okay. So personally, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram on Twitter. My name is Stacy Rook. That's S-T-A-S-I-R-U-K. And that's for Twitter and Instagram. And um, on Facebook is my actual, my real name is Anastasia Jones. You can follow me. I do follow back. And also, like I mentioned before, I have a blog. I'm a, you know, one half of the Barker. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at It's the Barker. Like I said, we deal with um, self-expression, positive imagery, um, cultural commentary, travel, womanhood. We talk about all of that. Yeah. Thank you so much. So we're trying to get them numbers up. So please follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, and we would love to have you. Okay. Okay. And any final words you have for listeners, words of encouragement, anything like that? Um, I would say y'all just stay in the fight. It's, it's not easy to talk to, um, but it is okay to unlearn. It is okay to release. It is okay to say no. Um, it does get better. It really does get better. Make sure you find your tribe, whatever that looks like to you. Um, hold on to that. And it's okay to be yourself. It's okay to not know everything, but um, we all have our traumas, but make sure to tap into that and, and find the help that you need. It, it, it does get better on the other side. I promise you. I couldn't have said that any better. You all can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at BNFreePod. That's the letter B, the letter N, free pod. Thank you all for tuning in. I will talk to y'all next time. Be well, be safe, be free. Bye, y'all.